This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are unpacking the results of yesterday's incredible U.S. election that... uh, featured a decisive victory by Donald Trump, a victory that the political class did not predict, that many of the pollsters did not predict. And uh, we're going to get to the main issue of how that is going to affect us here in Canada. But first, um, let's take some of your calls. We've got Dennis in Brampton. Hello, Dennis. Dennis? Dennis, are you there? I am there. Hello, Dennis. How are you? Thanks for taking my call, Libby. You're very welcome. What's your take on this? Well, first of all, I will confess to be a, being a liberal. So I often have differences with uh, some of conservative policies both north and south of the border. Uh, that being said, um, my concern is uh, with the policies, but more with respect to the character of the individual. And in this particular case, while there are many conservative politicians that I can respect, uh, this man has demonstrated uh, values that I can't live with. Uh, Yeah, but Dennis, you're in Brampton. (laughs) You don't have to live with them is the good news. Well, I'm thankful to be uh, Canadian on this particular day, and I'm looking forward to your next segment in terms of how uh, how people think it will, uh, will affect us. Uh, yeah, we are uh, just about to get to that uh, very quickly. So uh, what do you think? Were you really surprised by this? Uh, very surprised. And quite honestly, I wonder about America now because it was such a large victory. And despite all of the uh, behaviors of this man that reflected, it reflects his true character, uh, maybe this is the face of America that is quite different than we had antis- thought it was. Well, I I think that um, he tapped into something, and I think it's a, a phenomenon that we've seen around the world where people are just fed up and want change and really feel that the people in power don't represent them. I mean, it is a good question why they would think that Donald Trump reflects their interests, but um, I kind of get the disaffection, and, and therefore, you know, I'm not really surprised. And with the benefit of hindsight... Uh, if that is at the root of what has happened here, perhaps Bernie Sanders might have been a better candidate for the Dems to put forward. Well, um, people are now saying that maybe the Democratic Party is going to go very left. We have yet to see that. Um, anyway, thank you very much for your call, Dennis. You're welcome, Libby. Thank oh, you. Okay. So we are going to get to that key question now, and that is, How will this affect our trade and our economy? The U.S., of course, is our largest trading partner. Excuse me. And the business we do with Americans is especially crucial here in Ontario. Donald Trump has threatened to rip up NAFTA, and now he has a Republican majority in both houses of Congress. 
to back him up. So can he do it? Will he do it? Let's get the goods from Bernie Wolf, professor of economics and international business, and a director of the Certificate in International Trade and Investment at York University's Schulich School of Business. Bernie, welcome. Uh, good afternoon, Libby. Thanks for joining us. So uh, Donald Trump has said he is going to uh, reopen and perhaps rip up NAFTA. Is How easy will it be for him to do that? And uh, what's your take on it? Well, there's a lot of election rhetoric that doesn't come to pass when somebody gets elected. And I think this is likely the case here. So undoubtedly, he will seek modifications. Um, NAFTA has been extremely good for both U.S., for Canada, and for Mexico. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean that everybody has benefited. A lot of people in the U.S., Canada, Mexico have actually been hurt. And what's really happened here is that um, the winners haven't compensated the losers. So there's a lot of dissatisfaction, and he will try, I'm sure, to at least give the appearance of making substantial changes in NAFTA. And what do you think uh, those changes are likely to be? Well, I think that um, he's likely to try to protect manufacturing, to protect manufacturing jobs. I honestly don't see how he actually is going to do that. Um, because there also will be strong lobbies in the U.S., uh, such as the auto industry. They're going to say, wait a minute, you know, you may be helping jobs there, but you're sure going to hurt us. We have a very complex supply chain that um, basically integrates the three economies, and if you mess that up, you're going to do a lot of damage. Michigan isn't going to be very happy. Okay, so, um, and and... What changes now that he basically has uh, both houses of Congress? Yeah, that gives him some advantage um, because um, if, he, if he wants it and he's able to convince Congress. So there are, of course, uh, if you look at the Republican Party, it's interesting. They have become uh, the free trade party, whereas it used to be the Democrats. So I think he will find that there is resistance in his own party in Congress. And so regardless of what he wants to do, I think he will have to modify his desires because Republicans, many of them, in fact, um, basically think that we need to move toward freer trade rather than more protection. Yeah, but look at look at the strength he had in the Rust Belt and and in places that are, uh, you know, traditionally democratic. It's because of trade, I think, largely. Yes, and the, the one of the difficulties here is that trade is the scapegoat. Uh, it's it's the scapegoat uh, that's easy to you know pin something on. A lot of what's happened is really not a question of trade alone. It's a question of technological change. And, um, you know, to put the brake on that, I think, would be disastrous. In fact, I think trying to put the brake on uh, trade is also dangerous. I mean, you have to go back to 1929 when the 
the U.S. became much more isolationist with the notorious Smoot-Hawley tariff and started, you know, putting barriers up, you know, when as trade declined, the world declined, the world economy declined, and you got the Great Depression. Um, our previous guest, Robin Sears, uh, brought up the fact that he was talking to uh, some of his colleagues in Washington, and he thinks uh, that some open border arrangements are going to get stalled in Congress. And he also thinks that we might lose the Detroit-Windsor Bridge. Uh, what is your take on that? Uh, I think um, the, we'll continue to have the Detroit-Windsor Bridge, that he's not going to put a wall up against Canada. I'm even not so sure that the wall will go up uh, with Mexico, but certainly not with Canada. And it's, you know, I think, you know, in, in, in his world, he's got to look for some friends, and probably the friendliest face and a close-by one would be Canada. And I think that he will try hard maintain relations with Canada. So I'm sure that uh, President Obama and uh, Prime Minister Trudeau have much more in common than uh, Mr. Trump um, and Mr. Trudeau. Um, Mr. Trudeau is certainly making overtures toward much freer trade, um, whereas Mr. Trump is, you know, perfectly on the protectionist wagon. However, uh, if we look at oil, for example, uh, Trump has said, hey, I think that Keystone the pipeline is not a bad idea. Okay. Um, everybody, uh, hold your thoughts. We have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, in addition to Professor Wolf, we're going to be talking to the Canadian Federation of Independent Business for their take on how their members are going to be affected. And, of course, we are going to take more of your calls and your comments. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we will be right back with more on how the U.S. election results are impacting us after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are unpacking everything we need to know about the results of the U.S. election with uh, President-elect. Donald Trump. Uh, first, let's hear from David in Peterborough. Hi, David. Hi. Well, I've never seen a nastier uh, campaign in my life, for one thing. How they could ever uh, elect such an ignorant, egocentric jerk, I have never figured out. And he's not going to do any favors for us, that's for damn sure. Uh, uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, uh, we've got uh, Professor Bernie Wolf on the line who thinks that uh, he probably won't do the things that he has said he's going to do. Um, I have to say, I always think that's kind of a dangerous premise. Uh, Bernie, what do you think? Um, I think in terms of NAFTA, really what he's after is Mexico, um, and particularly the exchange of, of people. And unfortunately, we may get sideswiped in that, in the sense that it will be diff more difficult for Americans to come to Canada to, to basically do work temporarily and, and vice versa, which could have detrimental effects. I mean, it's hard to, 
to tell as to how much is rhetoric and how much he really means it and how much thought he's given to it. Basically, he's a marketer, and his marketing is done extremely well. But now he's got to go to the implementation, and we'll see what he does. Uh, David, anything else you want to leave us with? Well, I don't know. He's not going to do us any favors, that's for sure. And that really worries me for the simple reason that we have enough troubles as it is without adding to them. And I've never seen a more divisive campaign in my life. Uh, I I think a lot of people would agree with that. David, thank you very much for your call. Okay. Okay. Uh, You know, now we are going to bring in uh, the perspective of... Uh, small business. We've got Monique Moreau, who is the Director of National Affairs at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, which is Canada's largest association of small and medium-sized business. Uh, Welcome, Monique. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, Thanks for coming on. So first of all, I want to know uh, if your members and your organization has prepared for this, um, had some kind of contingency, and, and what you make of the impact? Well, I think at this point, we're all quite cautious. Um, we recognize that uh, President-elect Trump did get elected, and um, we have some concerns about some of the statements that he made, of course, throughout the campaign. But um, at this point, we're going to be paying very close attention to the implementation of you know, his, his platform and his policies before uh, reacting strongly either direction. Uh, what have you been hearing from your members? Well, they're concerned, of course, I think. Um, Others are waiting for some stability, and that's what I think this campaign has been challenged with the most, is that it's been very unpredictable and difficult for um, small business owners in Canada who export to the United States, which is about 16% of our membership, to make long-term planning decisions waiting for the results of the election. I think that's the case in any election period, but this one in particular has been quite challenging. Uh, Have any of your members made any kinds of contingency plans? We haven't heard that yet. As I said, we're waiting, I think, to see the impact of some of the policies once they're in place or at least are starting to be um, put more concretely in front of our our membership and, of course, in front of the small business owners of the U.S. Um, Again, um, one of our previous guests, Robin Sears, was, uh, you know, telling us that he thought there might be changes uh, in terms of the borders and the ease of getting through the borders. And another factor that we have not discussed yet, and I'd like to bring Bernie into this, too, is that... um, Donald Trump would not be uh, wild about our policy with regards to Syrian refugees. And, uh, you know, people are wondering if that is going to make a difference in terms of free movement uh, between our borders. Monique, first, do you have a view on that? Well, I think there's already been some productive uh, changes that were put in place um, over the last 10 years. The red tape reduction initiatives through the Canada and U.S. has been Uh, helpful in that regard, but there still are problems, and we do have research that shows members who have difficulty getting their product across the border, whether they import or export. So I think if there are going to be more restrictions in some of the protectionist language that President-elect Trump was using does come into play, then that will be a place where we'll be agitating more strongly for our members to make sure they have the free access they're entitled to under NAFTA right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernie, do you think that, um, you know, the, the stand on, on refugees uh, from Syria is going to have an impact on the movement between the borders? 
um, possibly in terms of rhetoric. But in actuality, I don't think so, because Canada really is doing a lot of screening. We're not just taking anyone. Um, there is a vetting process. And, um, I'm not so sure about that, Bernie. I really am not. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know that it's Canada doing the screening. I think that they're relying on the United Nations, and a lot of things are backed up with that. But go ahead anyway, yeah? Yeah, Um uh, well, at least let me put it this way. I, I hope so. And, you know, Canada does need immigrants. I mean, if this country is really to grow in, in terms of its potential, we need to. Well, I mean, overall, I think, you know, one benefit of this, and heck, there are a lot of uh, disadvantages to what happened, but it might make Canada look, you know, not just south, but look much more east and west to diversify our exports to become less dependent on the U.S. Um, you know, the, the growth areas in the world are really not the U.S., but really Asia. And we need to look in that direction. Uh, interesting, you mentioned that we need immigration. Uh, we know that uh, the Canadian immigration website has crashed because of the level of interest from the United States. You know, when people brought that up, I always thought it was a, a bit of a joke. Uh, Monique, uh, any of your members talking to you about more immigration, more Americans coming in? Do, have either of you uh, thought about that, or do you think that anything like that might actually happen? Well, our members, of, uh, a good chunk of them are short-skilled, um, low-skilled, and semi-skilled labor. So I think if we do have additional, um, you know, immigrants coming to Canada, whether they're U.S. transplants as a result of the election or others, um, we certainly have had our um, uh, suggestions to improve the immigration system to get those low- and medium-skilled workers in particular into Canada to help out those small businesses who cannot seem to hire Canadian Canadian individuals to take some of the jobs that they need help with. So I think we would welcome any additional immigration if it meant filling some of those positions. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, uh, I have to think that the people crashing the immigration websites are uh, latte-drinking liberals or Hillary-supporting celebrities who might buy a cottage or something. I don't know. Um, Bernie, do you, do you have any yeah. sense? Well, I think this is not going to be the kind of extreme movement as we saw in the Vietnam War. Um, but I think there could be some movement people who are really fed up with um, a lot of what's going on in the U.S. But let me just bring up something else. There are many uh, Americans living in Canada who are also Canadian citizens who are thinking of denouncing their American citizenship, not well, just because of this, but also because of the tax implications and the amount of paperwork that the Americans are now demanding. If you want to renounce your citizenship in Toronto, you've got to wait months and months. Really, if you want to do it fast, you've got to go to some place like the Caribbean. But it's, it's interesting as to how many Americans living in Canada no longer want to be Americans. Well, um, I know that there are big implications for retaining American citizenship, but it uh, looks like Donald Trump is going to lower taxes, especially for people who are wealthy. Um, yes, um, yeah, and it's, what it's going to do is, you know, uh, worsen the income distribution gaps that the, you know, the rich are going to get richer and the poor are getting poorer. 
Um, and that's going to make for more social unrest and not less. Um, in terms of, 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 of tax, um, the Canadians uh, who are Americans living in Canada really get the worst of all possible worlds. It's um, hard to explain, but if you look just at capital gains uh, on, a, um, on your own house, um, you don't pay in Canada, but if you're an American citizen, they have a tax, you pay. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I think that's a, probably a more powerful motivator than, than the election results. Uh, Monique, again, uh, have you heard anything on these questions from your members? Uh, no, not on the personal income tax side. Uh, I can't say that has crossed, uh, crossed our desks just yet, but I'm sure, as, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, once a bit more predictability and stability uh, comes through and we have a better sense of exactly what of the platform commitments that he made during the uh, election process comes to bear, um, you know, we'll certainly be examining those closely, and I'm sure we will have uh, reactions uh, once we have a better sense of what's going to be in play. And, uh, you know, Bernie made a very good point about uh, the fact that that we really have to um, diversify and not leave so many of our eggs in the American basket. Do you see your members moving on that, Monique? Oh, absolutely. I think as soon as the uh, Canada uh, Free Trade Agreement with the, Europe was announced many years ago, we had a we have about 5,000 of our members that trade with Europe, and I'm sure that number has increased. That number's from 2012. So. They're, they're certainly looking to those opportunities and other free trade agreements that the government has concluded over the last 10 years, I think, are um, going to, of course, encourage members to explore those options. Um, yeah. Okay. And, Bernie, we have less than a minute left uh, just to wrap things up. Uh, well, I mean, I think we just have to keep our eyes and ears open and, you know, jump pretty quickly when we see things happening that are not in our own interest and to, you know, do some damage control, and also to look at some of the opportunities that are available elsewhere. It's a big world. Okay, well, that's a positive note to end things on. We're happy to do that. Uh, Many thanks to you both, Monique Moreau from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business and Professor Bernie Wolf. Thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.